started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, Truth Seekers. Dennis Nappy II here, and I'm joined with my good friend, remote viewer, Edward Reardon. He reached out to me a little bit ago, wants to talk about one of his recent projects, which you can find on his YouTube channel, titled Remote Viewing Xenon 1T, The Dark Matter Detector. It's a journey down the rabbit hole. It's a journey that ends up leading to uh, the inspiration, where does the inspiration to create such a project come from, which is a fascinating conversation on YouTube. Uh, Edward is someone who is a, a pioneer who willingly shares his work and his journey on YouTube, which has been, uh, I think, a great project for those interested in remote viewing or those learning about remote viewing. He's always been a voice of uh, just sharing his craft, and I love every opportunity I have to speak with him. Edward, my friend, how are you, sir? Hey, Dennis. I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It's uh, I'm excited that we want to have a conversation. You texted me about two weeks ago yeah, uh, asking to talk about this project. One of the things I've learned, and I, I want to give a little background on how you've been in a minute, but I know this has to be a good discussion because whenever you hit one of those projects that's been meaningful to you, you reach out to me and, and it always leads us to this fascinating conversation. I mean, my, my favorite one was the QAnon, but we've looked at, we've looked at Pando. We've looked at, uh, you've got the Xenon one that we're going through now and a series of other ones, Ravenous Feeling we've talked about. So uh, I know this is going to be up there with those conversations. With, yeah, abs- yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. One of those life changer uh, episodes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, because when I, when, I, when I think about like Xenon 1T dark matter detector, mm-hmm. your sessions are always interesting, but I'm thinking, well, what do I need to know about? xenon 1t you know and and this dark matter detector but knowing the way you approach a project and, and really not just from an exploration of what are the implications of this but as a remote viewer as somebody who's learning remote viewing the way you can take something where my initial reaction is yeah i won't even look at something like that to seeing how you can take a target and just dissect it and have a meaningful experience no matter what that target is is one of the things i love it inspires me about the work that you do. I think it's fascinating. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, that that really is uh, a, re- a result of, um, you know, the 30,000 hours because um, it doesn't really start that way. Right. Uh, it's it starts um, with just the just trying to get through a remote viewing session, um, trying to identify uh, something uh, in the feedback to the session um, to kind of gauge uh, what may have happened, if anything. And and then a lot, a lot, a lot of time just uh, working through that. Yeah. Um, to 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 get um, you know, you, there's just there's a lot of time that is required in that space to get to the next. You know what what comes after that? Um, it's a lot of it's you know there's no there's no cheat codes in that. Um, it's a lot of work. You know, you you you've told me one of our first conversations that remote viewing will, will chew you up and spit you out and really kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And at the time I didn't have any experience to understand that process. Of course. And uh, now, you know, I'm always, I'm always thankful for, again, you sharing that journey because it helps when I'm going through that process, you know, worked at target yesterday, just a simple structure. Of course you totally miss it. And that, and that really, it hits you. You spend an hour, an hour and a half of your time going through something and uh, it's it's a total miss. But hearing a voice like yours out there um, of encouragement, like, hey, just put the time in, keep going, keep trying. It, it takes time. It keeps you going through those dark times. You know, and I always like I said, I always appreciate uh, those conversations we've had, you know, on air and off air. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad to hear it. In my opinion, um, that. I wish somebody would have told me that right from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, to be honest, a lot of the things that I say are a lot of the things that I wish I would have heard uh, early. And it would have, it probably would have saved me a lot of, a lot of pain and agony, but it's just the way that I, I am. I have to find it for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like listening. I mean, this is just no respect to any, or no disrespect to anyone else. And I certainly don't want to, I'm not a pat myself on the back kind of person. I, I'm just not that kind of person. Um, but I am the kind of person that I do have a drive within me to find my own answers. I don't like information given to me. I uh, I want to find it on my own. Right. Um, and I uh, really uh, constructed my life around that. Um, I mean, I'm a hermit. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Uh, I rarely ever speak to anyone. Um, it's just me, my wife, and my four cats. And uh, I, I have basically a "don't call me, I'll call you" attitude. <laughs> right. Um, because I, um, I just don't like. Um, I have to. I have to keep my mind my own uh, outside of other people's. Um, you know, mental uh, chatter, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much just a a hermit. Uh, And that's why, because um, when I go into a remote viewing session, uh, I'm there to find something. Mm -hmm. I'm not there to repeat uh, what someone told me. 
and then just put their mind chatter uh, onto a piece of paper that that's not uh the kind of experience that 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 it's it boils down to the experience right that's not the experience i want to have right if if i just want uh, the glory of the woos and the wows from the people in the cheap seats uh you know that would be uh that would be the easy route Mm -hmm. Uh, but i don't I don't play to the crowd, man. I, you know, I'm kind of like that musician that really doesn't like the audience. You know, I hate, I hate to say that, man. I really, I really hate to, I hate to right. say that. I really, right. I don't like to think that way. Right. Um, You're not doing it for, for the audience. Cause I, I know you appreciate, yeah. um, you and I have had conversations. I know you appreciate greatly uh, def- you know, the people do. consuming your work, but you're not doing it for the feedback from people and the gratitude and, and all of that stuff. You're in this, for the learning experience that you get out of each session, if, if I can paraphrase. And, and to uh, put, put, put it out there so that people um, can see kind of what's possible, mm-hmm. uh, learn something from it and, um, and, and that kind of thing. I, I guess basically what I'm, kind of pointing at uh you know we, we don't have to to beat this to death but right. it's not uh i don't do it for entertainment purposes uh you know like that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know um so i'm very cautious about the kind of stuff that i want to do um i, I that's why i really appreciated the uh the xenon one T as a target, but, uh, that was Dustin Newcomb. Yeah. Um, me and Dustin, you know, we have this kind of parallel kind of, uh, you know, spiritual partnership. Yeah. Uh, of the, of the, 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 the targets he selects and we, you know, we've been, we've been doing this for years now. And, uh, we're just kind of like the, you know, these, uh, uh, spiritual brothers, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Things, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because I, from the first, the first time I watched you on YouTube, I remember thinking to myself, like, who is this tasker? Mm-hmm. And as I watch the different targets that you work through Dustin, which are usually the ones we end up having conversations about. Mm-hmm. He's, for lack of a better term, it's it's as if he's tapped into a signal line that's guiding him to these targets. Mm-hmm. Because I look at all of your sessions and they tell a story. Mm-hmm. They they are seemingly unrelated targets, but there are commonalities among all of them. And it, yeah. it's it's an amazing thing to to study. Maybe that would make a great target. You know, the relationship between Edward and Dustin. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, in all seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, and that's, uh, uh, a partnership that I, I really protect. I've had to really protect it. Yeah. Uh, over the years, um, to keep, uh, to not mess with that, um, you know, signal or whatever. Right. Uh, because I'll, you know, I've, it's been um, 
you know, that has been tried to be uh, messed with, <laughs> you right. know, and um, no, 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 no. I protected like, like a miner protects the, you know, the entrance to the gold mine, you know, right. Uh, you know, don't mess with that. And, um, you know, uh, don't, don't mess with that. And, um, but what I, but what I love about it is that, uh, that I, is that I cannot guess, uh, there's no guessing options mm-hmm. with, with our projects with me and Dustin. Right. Uh, it, it'll, it's not always uh, esoteric. Mm-hmm. It's not a, all, you know, 90% UFO targets right. or um, something like that. You know, they're, they're so different because that's how he is. Yeah. Uh, so I'll get the, the Xenon one target. And then before that was the Empress of Austria, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Empress Elizabeth of Austria. So they're, they're so radically different that yeah. um, there's I no can, profile for them. I, yeah, I can free myself uh, from the uh, from the burden of guessing a target, right? And um, and what I mean by that, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a big topic here in, in regards to remote viewing. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Xenon one. But the point, the point is that if you're uh, working with remote viewing and you can guess where the tasker is going to go, there's, no, there's really no remote viewing going. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you're in. Uh, you, you know, there's just, there's no remote viewing going on. So ideally you would want to be in a situation where you have no idea what that person's mm-hmm. going to pick. You right. Know? I mean, he, he, he gave me a target that was uh, this baseball player who pitched a perfect game in 1973 while he was out of his mind on LSD. Oh, wow. That was the target. Oh, man. You got to go back and watch that. The video is up there. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I'll look for that. Oh, That's cool. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. What a trip. No yeah. pun intended, but <laughs> that session was a trip, man. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. So it's just so, you know, it's just so broad. Uh, to to go from that and then to to Pando or to Pi or something like that. So right. it's it's I cannot guess, and so when I go into it, I have to go into it uh, a, a really really blank slate, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about it so much. I love the blank slate. I don't yeah. want to. I don't like uh, uh, having uh, an expectation. I don't. I don't want it to be easy. I like yeah. it being hard. Right. I like it to be hard, you know? right? And um, you know, bring because it, it you don't you don't learn anything if it's if it's too easy. Yeah, and there's the connection is different too. Uh, I'm sure it's a different feel. It when, is, when, yeah. And afterwards, as you're getting your feedback, it's like, yeah, I, I didn't expect that at all, dude. You should a- you should have seen when I when when I, I drove down to Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, he gave me the feedback for for the QAnon set uh, target. Yeah. I went, I was staying at his, at his pl- place there for a, a day or two. 
and he's and he gave me the feedback there at his house and i was like uh he gave me the feeling like QAnon, and i was like what i don't even know what was i don't even know what that meant yeah. i was like i was like i don't even know i don't even know what to i don't know what to do with it you know, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, you get the food like, Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, when you automatically start to react, it took me like three days to react to that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I don't know how to even react to this. That was such a heavy target, man. So heavy, man. Yeah. So heavy, very meaty. And that, that's probably why, you know, mm-hmm. well, because I think what happens is, you know, you go through your session and you have your experience and you learn from that experience. But then something else happens when you get your feedback and the data starts to synthesize in a different way in your mind or your consciousness as you're really starting to process how it fits and what you're learning. A lot of processing, a lot of processing. Yeah. And then if it takes a while, uh, or at least what I found for myself anyways, and if it takes a while, then it was good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the pie thing or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, you gotta give me a couple of weeks on this one, dude. Yeah, you couldn't know. even talk about that one. I don't yep. know what to say about this. Yeah, you know. Um, well, yeah. I wonder if you know we're interacting with this data. In, in an essence, it's kind of like we're we're downloading information without and, a doubt, and it's impacting our thought processes and our, our perceptions, our worldviews. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, so and I know with these targets that you work in the depth that you go into, uh, that must be a lot to process afterwards. It is. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, I come out, I go into that and I come out of it and, you know, I'm changed. Right. Uh, this one, uh, the, the Xenon one T is no exception to that. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I've, I've changed as a result of that, uh, in all kinds of ways and, yeah. um, still, still, uh, unraveling that even now yeah well i want to get into that that project um before we do anything else new going on in your life right now that you want to share or in your you know professional career as a remote viewer no not really um you know not really the the main thing that uh I'm work. I mean, I am working on some things that um, I don't want to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, no, just being a hermit. Dude. I'm just like a little hermit over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rarely ever leave the house. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I, I like it that way, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, again, people can find you online. It's uh, ER Viewer, Ed, just Google Edward Reardon uh, on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. or put in the search in YouTube and you'll find all of Edward's videos. I'll also have this linked up at sixcentsmedia.net so we can, uh, if you want to watch the video on YouTube or listen to the podcast as well, we can do that. But let's get into this session, Edward. You were, you were tasked to look at the Xenon 1T dark matter detector, which is quite a mouthful, but why don't you, and your first session was looking at the actual detector yourself. You took some time to explain what that is. Um, Why don't we start there in how you connected with the target and we're describing what this, what is this dark matter detector? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fascinating thing. I never, I'd never heard of the, of that, place before 
Right. Um, so anyway, going into the into the session, um, the first my first experience with the session was that I was in uh, some kind of uh, laboratory or something like that. And it was modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt modern. So what, as opposed to, you know, I'm in Frankenstein's laboratory. Right, you know, right. It's an 1875. Or, um, no, it, w- it was modern. And there are people that are talking and, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, on the cutting edge thinking. Uh, and emotionally, which was something that I was picking up on strongly, was that emotionally I could feel that these were cutting edge people. So, um, so that was interesting to me. I felt good about that. I, I enjoyed feeling what my perception of what they were about. And uh, so then it was a, uh, I wanted to kind of know what it was that they were so excited about, obviously, right? You, you know, um, they're cutting edge and excited about something. And so I wanted to know what that was. And um, as I was exploring that, I became aware. It was like I was in a location, this location, and there was um, like a powerful energy source coming from around a corner, something with a lot of energy. Right. Uh, had a lot of pumping through it, man. You know, uh, something was on, you know, in, inside of this place they were doing something and uh they and and that whatever that was was around this corner and so then uh, my personal task uh was to get around the corner and see what was going on yeah um and to be honest uh, that was not easy to do. When, when you say not easy, how in a remote viewing sense, what does that mean? Meaning that, uh, it was, it was kind of like trying to walk in, in, uh, you know, with up to your knees in sand or something like that, uh-huh. or through like super thick water or something like that. It was, it was just really, really difficult to move move through that data to or to get, get to the data to get around that corner mm-hmm. uh so that i could get some any sense of what was going on over there yeah uh and it took a lot of it took a lot of energy it took a lot of will to get there and uh it took some time Right. Um, and I, you know, I had to kind of, uh, I mean, I understand 
when it was happening in the session, I was aware of it. That it, I was having that it was difficult to get there. Yeah. I, it wasn't like, oh, go around that corner. Okay, here I am. Yeah, I'm here. It, it was like go go around that corner. Oh, <clears throat> wait a minute. I gotta, oh man. I can oh I, it's hard to move. Yeah. Uh so I have to monitor myself uh and my reactions and adjust in the moment uh and was able to. And uh I got there. And then the next part of that was to look at what was going on. And that was equally as, <clears throat> as difficult. <clears throat> it was not easy to do. I want to pause here for a moment. Um, based on the feedback you received, what is this device? What's it designed to do? It is designed to detect what are called or what they call WIMPs, mm -hmm. which stands for weakly interacting massive particles. And these are particles that don't interact with uh, uh, regular uh, matter and all that kind of stuff. They zip right on through. They're, they're not affected. They just zip on through. You know what I mean? They're not bouncing off things. Right. Um, they go, like, as I say, undetected. And wow. uh, yeah. Like an is, invisible, non-interacting aspect of the universe, basically. Um, I, I'm not even sure about invisible. I would not say invisible. Okay. I would say um, very difficult to detect because it's not interacting with other things. Okay. And uh, so when, when things are interacting, it, they're easy to detect. Yeah. It's like a, you know, a car crash out in front. Well, they're interacting and I right. heard it and I can see it. Um, but if those cars went through each other. There's no way to uh, measure it. You wouldn't know. Wouldn't right. even know they were there. And so um, somebody came up with this idea of how they might be able to detect these things and so in order to block out all the noise of radiation and all that kind of stuff they uh, built a facility under a mountain in italy right the mountain shields them from all kinds of noise and then down i mean it's down there it's like you know, a couple thousand feet below the ground uh, under this mountain. I mean, it, they're about as solid as you can get. And uh, somebody just, somebody um, had the idea that if you have uh, the, the gas xenon, which is a like a super pure element, and you have that inside of a of a detector um, device right. that is inside of a large vat of ultra purified water. That that will sh that will give additional shielding from noise. Right. And uh, and then the the xenon. Uh, the xenon uh, elements 
what they were looking for was that if one of these wimps uh, hit, contacted one of the xenon particles, that it would illuminate the xenon particle, that it would excite it, and it would illuminate it, and that would be detectable. And then the way they set it up was that if, if the xenon particle or one of its electrons were hit by one of these things, it would react, there'd be a reaction, and then it would, uh, for, I forget how, but it would basically knock that xenon off of its, out of its place. Right. And it would float up into, um, another part of the container that was where, where the xenon is being held and they would be able to, to get additional measurements mm-hmm. uh, f- um, for their experiments. And uh, so that, that's what they were trying to do. And, and when I hear that, I'm going to stop you for a second. And I know this is your third session that we'll talk about, so we'll, we'll get to it. But how do you even think of that? How do you come up with, you know, that, like, that's an amazing thing. And I know you're going to talk about that yeah. uh, in a little bit, but to even sit there yeah. and say, Hey, I think there's these invisible particles that go through and don't interact with anything. And maybe if I bury some Xenon underneath a mountain, we can look at it. Like, yeah, that's an yeah. amazing thought process yeah. to get to, to even yeah. think of that. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your, your earlier sessions though, you're you're just you're connecting with this actual detector and and the interaction, correct? Uh, I saw once I was able to see um, once I was able to get around that corner, so to speak, and look into that energy source, and I'll, I'll do it as a generic term, right? An energy source, and I try to draw it as best I could. I could see that there was uh, some kind of a, a container in there. And it was inside of this gas. I was in a gas cloud. Right. And there was, you know, a man-made, you know, I was in, in this laboratory. There's this man-made thing. There's something inside of this gas cloud, which is xenon. Uh-huh. And it was when I went into that is when uh, I came face to face, quote unquote, um, with uh, the only thing I could even say is that I came face to face with a weakly interacting massive particle. Right. And um, It was, that was a a life changer. That was one of those, one of those, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be the same again after this kind of, kind of things, you know? Right. Now, I mean, what were your perceptions of this particle? What were you perceiving? It was, um, kind of undulating, um, kind of moving uh folding in on itself kind of a thing um it was separate from 
its environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the session, uh, I was perceiving that um, it was unaffected by other things. Uh, I have to try to remember my wording of it. But it was like, um, it was uh, not affected by gravity uh, or uh, outside the bounds of, of, I can't remember how I worded it, but it was how they exist. Um, Weekly interacting, it it, uh, wasn't, you know, bound by anything, you know. Did it? Did it have a perception or an, or an impact based on your viewing it? Did you perceive? I I, I did feel that. Yeah. And um, after getting feedback uh, in a conversation with Dustin, uh, we talked about that. That gee, man, what if uh, what if we had an effect on this thing? Yeah. Um. That that's a very interesting notion to even consider. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to get a hold of some of the people um, right. who, who work there. One of the, one of my subscribers who watched the video uh, does work there. Oh, wow. And um, has given me just some small little comments in uh, some of the videos, um, you know, thumbs up. But I would really like to have a full-on conversation with someone who is really involved uh, yeah. and who can say, yeah, I know who that person is. And, uh, or, right. um, you know, maybe, you know, I maybe let's take a look and see if maybe there was some kind of an effect or something like that. Uh, I hope that happens. I've, I've been, I've been trying to get a hold of, hold of them, but, yeah. you know. Hopefully that happens. I hope, really hope that does. I mean, let's think about for a moment the the chances that somebody that watches your YouTube channel happens to work at, at that institution. I and couldn't believe it. I was that's like, incredible. Wow, man. Yeah. I mean, the stars have to align for even that to happen, given all the people in the world, all the jobs, all the targets that could possibly be selected. This one that has such a profound impact on you and someone there happens to watch your content. Yeah, I mean, how many people could work there? How many people know about that project? Right, uh, right. You know, a few hundred maybe. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then there's people who read those scientific journals and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I'd say a very small percentage of the population. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that, that's a wild uh, synchronicity right there. So hopefully that'll lead... To something because I'm sure it's tough being like, "Hey, I'm a remote viewer," and like, "What's that?" Well, I'm a psychic, and I looked at your project. I know. Be like, yeah. The scientific community, they're going to say, "Yeah," but if you have circular, someone there, circular file, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I get it. I understand. Yep. Um, but that's cool. I hope. I hope that connection happens. So you're the, now. If this thing recognized you, or or acknowledged you, or or was possibly interacting with you, I don't. I don't want to use the wrong term do you think this denotes an awareness or a consciousness or is this just simply it's possible that your consciousness had an interaction with this it, I'll, I'll say that um it 
was along the lines of uh, something being observed for the first time. Uh And uh, in the kind of, and I I was trying to describe this in the session, just the, the rawness of that. You know, just raw. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh um like that's never happened before, or something like that, you know. Um yeah. an exposure uh kind of a thing. You know, not not that it's like uh not that this particle is has some emo- emotions like a human would have okay. or something like that. But it wasn't like was, a conscious particle. No, it wasn't like, oh, my God, they're looking at me. I'm so right. okay. self-conscious, you know, nothing right. like that. Uh, you know, I'm trying to describe it in human terms. Right. With, um, when there's no vocabulary for it. There's none. But yeah. other, other than raw. Right. You know, just very raw. So what... You know? What is the purpose of this particle? Can you could you even discern that or find the words for it? Why does it exist? What does it do? I, I don't think I even considered that um, in in that sense. Uh, it was it was more like. Um, I'd say probably to to get any kind of answer to that question probably came up in the in the third session right of uh of this this notion of somebody involved with this project who had like uh uh a deep mind imprint right of something that compelled them into um building something like a xenon 1t dark matter energy detector <laughs> oh that's it it's all they it's all they yeah have. you know and, and i want to i want to talk about this person that you could you describe them at first as having something different with their personality almost like autism or something else going on with this person yeah yeah and th- that came from a dream that's right you had the and, dream first that dustin was going to have you look at this person yeah yeah it, it was it was um after I did the first session and, and how, how he set it up was um, I did the first session and then he, uh, he had uh, two retaskings, uh, a B and a C, but I don't know what the retasking is. It's not like, uh, Hey, uh, you looked at this, uh, look at that more data on it. Right. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. Um, So I'm kind of having to start over again. So the the night before I started that one, I had a dream. Uh-huh. And in the dream, uh, Dustin uh, was taking me to meet this person associated with this target. And he was telling me, he's like, okay, you know, this person's, you know, not that easy to talk to. Right. Um, they, you know, they're, you know, just be prepared for that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not like a normal person, you know? So, um, 
just be ready for that kind be ready for that kind of thing. And um I was like, oh great, man. Great. That sounds right. aw- that sounds awesome. So um so yeah that that's kind of and then the, so the session was about to go in and what's this about? You know, what what is this person gonna share? What a, yeah. You know, I took basically I took the took the dream because it didn't go it didn't it just went that far. Yeah. Uh, the dream wasn't like we were, you know, okay, we're now we're sitting at this dinner table and this person's describing it. It, it, it was only that part of him saying, all right, we're going to go meet this person. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, I'm just preparing you for it. Right. Uh, so the session was really a, a, a kind of an unraveling of that. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. described his mind and how it works. And then mm-hmm. you went deeper looking. <clears throat> it reminded me a little bit of the Gene Roddenberry session looking at the inspiration for it and and what I noted about it. And again, this speaks to your 30,000 plus hours is you recognizing that you had to tread carefully and not record the data through the lens of your own spiritual beliefs, right? which is not an easy thing to do because that's how we process our world. Yeah. And it's very hard to detach yourself from your worldview sometimes and just have that raw, unfiltered data. And you spent a lot of time and care in navigating that so you would separate yourself from that. Yeah, yeah. And what did you gather uh, about where this information came from? Well, it was, it was an interesting session um, because where, what I was um, experiencing was a person who had like um, a vision for really for lack of a better term right uh, or as a very generic term um, you know a very strongly imprinted one that they could uh, go back to for inspiration and and felt very inspired by right. And and probably even even wrestled with uh, where does this come from or you know why me or right. you know what is this and and all that that kind of thing. Um, uh, but ultimately uh, driven by it. And you you discerned because uh, you asked the question: Is this their imagination? And they're interpreting it as some kind of divine intervention, or is it actually divine intervention, right? That's what you were trying to explore. Is this coming from their own mind, or is this coming from an external source? Right. Yeah. What, what was your, uh, where did the data lead you on that? I, if I can remember correctly, um, ultimately, um, I believe I felt some conclusion that it didn't matter. As long as uh, the app, the there was an action taken, right? Then it, it, it didn't really matter too much. But um, it became. Here's what I can remember from it, is that it, that there was a sense of dilemma uh, because of how the the dependency of others. Yeah. And the pressure of the dependency of others. And so um, 
what I can remember from that session was uh, someone who uh, was kind of stuck in that place as well. Um, because, you know, when you're, if you're the, if, if you're the, you become the, if you become the source of inspiration, uh, then other people are depending on you. Right. And, um, and that's a lot, you know, there's a lot banking on that now. It's not just you. Right. And, and this obsessive vision. Um, it's other people who are depending uh, upon that as well. And, and I got into that, that dilemma, you know, if you become the source of other people's hope uh, and inspiration and, and there's a lot of pressure in that and you don't want to let people down right. uh, or, you know, um, and, and, and that kind of thing. But it's like kind of, kind of like a catch 22 because you need those people. Yeah. You don't uh, want to let them down, but you want to stay true to your data, whatever that. And you need them. Yeah. Uh, one person isn't going to build that facility. Right. You know, uh, right. and get all the funding and get all the scientists and all that, you know, um, you need, you need those people, you know? So it's like, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, there was a lot of pressure there, Yeah, you know, um, to to maintain that and still, to still get the job done. And listening to you describe that in the session, I, for me, I felt was a very powerful experience, just looking at the recognition of that pressure and the significance of what it means to other people to be that source of inspiration, how yeah. fragile that can be if you stray too far in one direction or the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's tough to navigate and to still get your task done with the way yeah. it needs to be done. Yeah. You want to try to, you know, quote unquote, stay true to the vision. Right. Uh, without being, you know, too deluded by uh, all these, you know, the, all this energy coming in from these other people, you know, be it, you know, their hope or their dependency or, right. uh, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot to bear. Yeah. You know, and, and not to uh, put you on the spot, but in, in a lot of ways that reminded me of, of some of the things I think, you know, that happens with you, with your work that you do. I know that's not your intention, but a lot of people look to you for that hope, for that inspiration, for that spiritual insight into the unknown. You know, I think it's a reflection of some of the stuff you, you go through. Yeah, uh, to, to some level of extent, um, that is true. And, uh, you know, so I, I do my best to, to um, really, uh, you know, if someone, if, if I, if I see a, a balloon full of dependency, uh-huh. I try right. to pop, I try to pop it. You do. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, Cause I, I learned that lesson early uh-huh. on of of uh, what what can happen when people become dependent on that kind of stuff and it's right. not it's not pretty i don't it's not it's like a drug addict <laughs> or something like that some sometimes not all the time but right but it can be and it you can know be for some for some not for all but for some and, right. and it's kind of it's not what i'm about I, I i don't i don't want any of that 
No, you handle it very well. Um, and, and you and I have talked about this in our last conversation on the air, uh, and we were starting to talk about it today too. And I think it speaks, there's a lot of people, and I don't mean this as a negative, but they they grab onto some dogma to help navigate because the alternative is I'm out here on my own, like you, um, figuring it out. And you hear the difference when you talk to people. Are you quoting you know, either all the research you've done, or are you quoting the, your trial and error and your learning journey? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have become one of those sources of information that can easily become dogmatic. Um, but I think you handle that well in when you have those interactions with people, you know, hey, go figure it out for yourself, or, you know, it's just what the data told me, or, you know, in, in deflecting that and trying to re-empower people to go find their own answers. Yeah, definitely. and. Um... Yeah, don't, you know, it's, it's, I mean, what do you get? What can you say about it? The the notion is, uh, you know, to do your best to not be dependent. Right. uh, To be independent. And it's, it's a matter of will uh, and insight. uh, It's personal education. Right. Um, but it's definitely the, the pursuit that, in my opinion, is uh, the good pursuit. Yeah. Without, you know, have, without browbeating anyone um, or anything like that, you know, and uh, it, it, it kind of, you know what, Dennis, it falls into that thing of of uh, of labels. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've had people, oh. Would you be my remote viewing teacher? Would you be my te- teacher? Right. No, no, nope. right? No, I don't. I don't believe in that dynamic. Yeah, because it's it's a, a hierarchy dynamic, and um, you know, and so I I don't want to participate in that kind of dynamic, right? You know? And, and I, th- uh, I think it's valuable, uh, I, I, but but at the same time, you put your work out there. It's a process, and that is the teaching tool that people can consume as they see fit, exactly, and, and learn from it. Like I I hear your voice sometimes in in my sessions. <clears throat> I look at some of the ways you approach data as I'm learning, um, and that's very valuable to me you know, um, to see your process, to see what's possible. And then also to remember, this is my journey. Let me figure it out. This is one way this Edward does it. I like these aspects of his approach. Mm-hmm. Um, let me try it. You know, so there's value. Yeah. In that. Sure. Sure. It's like, uh, do you want to create music or do you want to be a cover band? Right. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the way, the way I look. Great at analogy. Yeah, yeah. Great analogy. Yeah. You know, and, and you said at one of our earlier sessions, you know, you spend so many, you know, sessions learning how to remote view, and then you have to learn how you remote view. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. And the, the difficult part, uh, is I'd say the difficult, the most difficult part is learning how to remote view. Yes. That is an extreme uphill battle. Um, learning to get to the other part of uh, the other side of it where you're learning how you remote view. That's more like the downhill, you know, yeah. you, 
it, the learning how to was uh, really uphill. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say that to discourage people. I'm saying it is a it is uh, a tough learning process mm-hmm. and unlearning process. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it's worth it's worth the work for those willing to put the work in into it. I think it's, tr- it's truly a mental martial art, as it's been called. Um, it is, yeah. You know, yeah. it's a lot of training. And, and like you said, it's, it's an uphill, at, at least in my early stages. I mean, I'm, what, three years in, and I still feel like that I'm fighting up that hill. Um, sure. You yeah. know. Long take, way to go. Yeah, it'll take years. Take I'm okay with that. Well, oh, sure. It's like, uh, it's like I saw some videos of, like, uh, training uh, with, the, with the Japanese sword. Uh-huh. And... You know, they'll spend uh, a couple of years uh, on just to master one move. Right. And you, you, you don't go beyond that. Yeah. You have to, you know, that whole process, how you're sitting. Right. Where your hands are, the, everything, where your eyes are. Right, your breathing. Yeah. Your breathing and every, every move has to be mastered first that's like bruce and, lee i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but it's um, the, it's the discipline yeah it is the discipline you know bruce lee said uh you know you can fight somebody who's who knows ten thousand kicks but i'm more afraid of the guy i'm paraphrasing but who does one kick ten thousand times you know yeah there's a difference there's a yeah. big difference yeah you know? yeah i also like boards don't hit back <laughs> so so very true so very true yeah um we're we're, we're coming to the, the end of our time here edward but i want to ask you you know you said this one changed you this you know if you're able to talk about that you know what impact has this session had on you are you even aware of the full extent of it i'm still uh i'm still in the process of of, of understanding that um it is the um, the it was the experience of seeing uh, that what could be called a weekly interacting massive particle, and seeing that, experiencing that, um, almost like. Because um, being affected by it, I guess I don't want to say like uh, becoming right. one with it or anything like that, but um, it I tell you, it has. It's kind of like you hear those stories, like the astronauts they go to the moon and they come back and they're like, "The fuck do I do now?" You know? Yeah. There's you know. I, I've been kind of feeling that way ever since that. Like, you know, you got a place, glimpse. This, this yeah. place is um, is kind of uninteresting after that. Um, it's that's it's like hard to top that. You know, wow. 
And uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like, um, I hate to say it, but kind of everything else is kind of uninteresting and boring, you know? Uh, so I, I've been, I've been having to come to terms with, with that, uh, as I'm processing through that, um, you know, so, uh, but I'm, I'm curious as to where, where it's leading me next. Yeah. yeah. That gives you such a, a unique perspective, you know, and, and even, um, just being probably the only person who's experienced that and now trying to process and reassimilate back into this grounded reality. It's gotta be tough. It is tough. Yeah. It, it, um, you know, but, you know, like I say, it's, it's, I have to just maintain my self mentally and emotionally and, and, uh, and, and, I'm curious where, where it's going to go. Right. Um, you know, cause it's going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's your next, and, it's your next level of training. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's an interesting timing thing too, because it's kind of like, um, okay, great. There's something else coming along. I know that. Uh-huh. And, uh, I can't rush it. Right. Um, I have to just be aware of when it comes through and I, and that could be a perspective because of the Xenon one detector, because they have to set the thing up and then wait right, and see if, and when anything happens. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in that space, you know, now I'm, now I'm just, I just kind of have to wait and see what happens next, you know, which is sometimes the, the hardest part of that journey just the waiting what's next. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. And it, that is, a, that's a discipline of a whole nother nature. Uh-huh. Um, because it's like, okay, well, Hey, wh- what do I do in the meantime? Yeah. That's uh, just it. Which direction do I go from here? Exactly, man. You exactly. know, and, that, and that's where you want the dogma sometimes tell me what to do. And that's like you said, the discipline aspect of, I just have to sit. It can fall back. Uh, that as, as, as an option, that's always there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been working on different projects and, and, um, it's kind of a, a discipline of, of doing what, not doing something just for the sake of doing it. Right. But doing it because, it's time to do it. Um, and I, I'm, and I'm, I'm grateful to have that opportunity, Yeah, uh, you know, to do that. It's, it's a great opportunity to do it. So, um, you know, I'm just waiting. See yeah. what's next, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I look, I look forward to that conversation once you go through it and process it. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Always, uh, always a great discussion, my friend, when we can get on here and, and uh, go through that rabbit hole of your sessions. So yeah, thank you yeah. for uh, taking the time to share it with me. Anything, any final thoughts you want to leave uh, our viewers with? Um, final thoughts. 
None, none that I can really think of right now. Um, none that I can think of. I'm not in, in that space uh, to, to give out any of that final wisdom. Uh, I'll give it next time. Well, I think you've shared quite a bit this time as well. So <laughs> they, can take, they can take from it. So I want to thank you, um, you know, for sharing your journey and for continuing to be an inspiration. I know to me personally, uh, and to so many others out there, um, you know, your work, your work is having an impact. Um, I think, you know, in ways that you, you'll probably never see the extent of it, but. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, so keep, keep on doing what you're doing. As you always say, many more to come, keep, uh, keep following through with that. To all of you out there. Thank you so very much for uh, for listening to my conversation with Edward Reardon. You can find him on YouTube. R-I-O-R-D-A-N is how he spells his last name. Just search for him and you'll find his videos. Also, you can find us on Crypto Viewing, where every week Edward goes through his sessions. Patreon.com slash Crypto Viewing is where you can find us. And he's also our in-house resident comedian, believe it or not. <laughs> he has an excellent sense of humor with his one-liners that he likes to throw out from time to time. And, my Irish, uh, my Irish comes the out. The Irish coming through, and he keeps us grounded uh, as we're looking at some of the deep, dark, scary things. He he reminds us, you know, hey, it's just, just the way it is, and let's just move through it and keep a good attitude about it. So That's right. Uh, always something great with Edward. So, Edward, thank you so very much uh, for being on the show. This Thanks, is, Dennis. This has been a, another episode of the Seeker Podcast with Six Sense Media. Find us at sixcentsmedia.net with all the links you'll need for our content as well. Remember to never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Do water, my friend. Do water, my friend. Thank you.